Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Well, everybody, welcome, welcome, welcome. Your Saltwater Guide with another phenomenal podcast for you today. I want to thank you all for joining us today, and we're going to get going here in just a few seconds because we go live across Facebook and YouTube every day and TikTok. And then also we have this podcast available to you guys Monday through Friday on every podcast carrier in the world. It's amazing how many people have picked up our podcast, the success, and it's all all because of all of you. So thank you very, very much. And today we have our buddy Marley, who's super excited to be on the show. Listen to him. He is so fired up. But he's here because he is hungry, 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 hungry. So here you go, buddy. You can eat while we're doing the show. Marley's my rescue monkey, and he's super hungry today because he didn't eat breakfast. He woke up late. He was up late last night playing with the cat. So he's going to eat a little bit during our show. So thank you, everybody, for joining us. As usual, I thank you, thank you, thank you. And that's Marley, the rescue monkey, the smallest monkey in the world. That is him. His head's the size of my thumb. He is a monkey. He has the cutest little face, right? Don't you think that's a cute little face? Yep, he's a cool little dude. And his name is Marley, and he's having a snack here, kicking back with Dad right now. And then he'll jump in his cage here in a few minutes, and we'll get the show rolling here. But i am just got to feed him a little bit while we're going. Okay, 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 okay. Here, go. Here, you can have it right there in the cage. All right. He got pissed off. He's like, give me my food and get away from me, Dad. So, gang, we got a lot to talk about today. Today, we have, uh, we got to go over the most important part of this fishing thing. And I kind of haven't been really talking about it that much. And my good buddy, Elliot, who kind of is the producer of everything, Dave, your saltwater guide, he takes care of every aspect of it. He produces the podcast every day puts out all those videos across social media for us every day all right marley let me put that up there for you there you go bud and uh he asked me a super important question and i and i was like man i do need to talk about this more i do need to emphasize this more and so because of elliot this is what we're talking about today Today, we're talking about the fine art of casting and how important it is to understand that your cast is really going to dictate your success. So we're going to delve deep into casting today. Today is Promar Ahi USA Tuesday. We always talk about Promar products on Tuesday. I have a really cool product to show you because of the fact that swordfish have stormed into our area here in the last month so many boats are seeing so many swordfish so it's time to dust off your deep drop gear go look at the deep drop swordfish bundle we have at the on the website your saltwater guide and get ready and so we're going to show you a really cool product in a little bit that has to do with deep drop swordfish fishing anywhere i don't care if you're in texas you're in California, you're in Florida. This is a product you all have to have because you all have to have it on your line. 
So we'll talk about that in a little bit. So stay tuned for that at about the 20 minute mark. We'll talk about that and I'll show you what I'm talking about. But today we're going to really, really delve into the fine art of casting and how important and why is it so important? Captain Dave, I catch plenty of fish and I don't know how to cast. Well, if you're catching, it's so hot in here, gang, I just have to turn this air on. If you're finding that you're catching a lot of fish and you're not casting, wonderful. That's congratulations. I'm so glad for you, but... Man, if you can learn how to cast, it's going to absolutely change your success rate dramatically. How do I do that? How do I go about learning how to cast? Well, we talk about it a little bit a couple weeks ago on the show, and we talk, we dance around it once in a while. Oh, yeah. Don't forget to leave over here on, face, on TikTok. Don't forget to leave the gifts. Gifts are super important. They help me feed my monkey. They help me feed my rescue, rescue monkey, rescue cats. Don't forget to leave the stars on Facebook. Don't forget to hit the like button. I know y'all watch all these videos and people are always saying, hey, please hit the like button. Please hit the like button. I had no idea how important it was. It is unbelievable how important that like button is. We get millions and millions of views a month. I need those views to turn into likes. I had no idea how important it was. I need those views to turn into likes. I need you all to hit the like button as many times as you can on any of my videos, please. It's free to hit the like button. It will not affect you in any way, shape, or form. I used to watch videos, and I still do, and I used to see the people going, hey, make sure you hit the like button, and I didn't even know what that meant. I didn't know how important it was. It is what drives these videos. It's what drives the algorithm. It's what drives it to get it out in front of more people. So if you could do me this big favor, throw some gifts over on TikTok, throw some uh, stars over here, and then hit the like button, gang. If you don't want to do the badges, and or if you do, if, anyway, anything will help. And then the number one thing is hit the like button on all my videos and over at YouTube, we are exploding. They found us, and it's going, it's growing so quickly. If you go over there and look right now, we're at 50,300 subscribers, and tomorrow it'll be 50,500 subscribers. It's growing at 2,000 subscribers a month right now. It's absolutely insane. I'm blown away. Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok have been going crazy for a long time, but now they finally found us on YouTube. And so those of you that are watching on YouTube and those of you that are subscribing to the channel over there, thank you, thank you, thank you all very, very much. But today we're talking so much about casting and how important it is. When I was a little boy growing up down in Dana Point Harbor or on the San Clemente Piers where I first started fishing with my dad and then moving to uh, Moving to the Dana Point Harbor in 71 when they completed the harbor. The only, I'm doing very, very good, Brian. I'm doing very, very good. Thank you. The thing about me as a little boy was I needed to learn how to cast because all my heroes could pick up that rod and throw it a country mile. And, and back then we had conventional reels on the West Coast. And I know there's a lot of people watching on the East Coast. On the West Coast, gang, nobody used spinning reels. They just didn't. My father, one of the pioneers, started in 1947. 
fishing in Southern California. We didn't get to use a spinning reel. He let my brother use a spinning reel, but he didn't let me because he knew. And if I picked up a spinning reel, he'd hit the back of my knuckles with his pliers. I didn't get to fish with a spinning reel. He was like, nope, you're going to learn this conventional thing. And I would sit in the backyard for hours on pond hours. There's these little rubber uh, casting weights that you can buy at a lot of the local tackle stores will have them. They're rubber. They're about an inch long and they have different weights. And those work phenomenal. Why rubber? Because when you hit a window or you hit a car or you hit your house, you're not chipping the paint, you're not busting anything, but they weigh exactly what they need to weigh. Also, I grew up using a clothespin, which most people don't understand, but it weighs as much as an anchovy. And that's what we had for bait. But I would spend hours in the backyard getting big, giant backlashes and crying. Yeah, I'll, I'll admit it. I would cry and I would sit there and the tears would be coming out of my eyes and dripping into my reel. And I'd be picking the backlashes out and I'd be looking for my dad, for my bait knife that my dad gave me to cut up my squid. And I would look for that knife to cut the backlash out. And then I'd hear my dad, don't you cut that line. I'm not buying you any more line. I didn't know at the time that he was teaching me how to be a sport boat captain. He was teaching me the fine art of getting a backlash out. There isn't a backlash alive that I can't get out of your reel. I learned how to do it at a very, very young age. But that was because my father was a hard. Oh, he was a. You think your dad's a, well, my dad is mean. To, you have no clue, gang. My dad was gnarly. And the guys that work for him in the industry will tell you he was, he was gnarly. And, and he, they think he was gnarly. He can't even imagine what it was like being his son. He was gnarly. He didn't take any crap. And he didn't let you, he didn't let you flake off. And he didn't let you get away with nothing. And so I would sit in the backyard scared to death that I couldn't pick the backlash out. Tears falling on the reel, can't even see, looking down at the backlash and trying to pick it out. So then get the spool all set and then wind it back on and not understand that if I didn't guide the line perfect back and forth, when I went to cast the next time, big backlash. My dad didn't even teach me the basic uh, parts of the cast. He didn't teach me anything. He just said, go in the backyard and stand back there and practice. And I had a rent reel and it was an ocean. I don't know. You probably don't even know what I'm talking about, but the reel was called an ocean and it had the most unbelievable old steel spool in it that would eat the line. And that was their rent reels on the San Clemente Pier. And I would cast that thing and then I would get these giant backlashes and pick them out. And this went on for a long, long time until finally I would learn how to cast. Then I went down to the boat and I thought I knew how to cast because I could cast in my backyard. All of a sudden, then I was tangling up everybody on the boat because I didn't understand that when you follow through with the cast, Whichever way the tip of your fishing pole is pointed, that's which way your line's going to go. I didn't learn anything easy. I learned it all the hard way by trial and error as a little boy, little, little boy. But I went 
And I kept at it and I kept at it and I kept at it and I kept at it. And today I can cast pretty, pretty well. I, I'm a pretty good caster nowadays, but also I've been doing it for a living for 48 years. But I didn't start at it at 48 years ago. I started at it at 57 years ago when I was a little tiny boy in my backyard. Practice, practice, practice over and over and over again. And then getting to go out on the boats and start to practice. Now, I know a lot of you are using spinning rods. I know that. But there's still so much to learn about casting. Whether you're using a spinning reel, whether you're using a conventional reel, a low-profile conventional reel, or a large trolling reel like a Makaira 30 or a Makaira 50, I can cast those. I can cast a. I can't cast the 130. I can cast the 80. I can cast a 80 wide with a mackerel on it, pretty good. I can also cast a tesoro uh, uh, with an anchovy on it, pretty good. But it's all from years and years of practice, 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 crying, 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 backlash, backlash, backlash. Then understanding the whole idea of the cast with your spinning rod and reel. When you wing that thing out there, it's a lot to do with how far out you let your hook hang from the rod. It's a lot to do with pen pendulum swing of the lure as you start to cast and I cover all this over on my website but we're going to talk about it in depth today because I can't emphasize to any of you enough how important it is I don't care if you're over in Texas you're in Florida you're in California and you come up on a school of fish and you're so excited and you get ready to wing that thing out there and as you cast it the line hooks on the bale and the jig goes flying off or your popper goes flying off or the line's wrapped around your tip. There's so many things that can go wrong when you're trying to figure out how to do this casting thing and what it's all about. Yeah, exactly, Darren. And we're going to get into that. And like Darren was just saying, it's not so much how far you can cast, but how accurate you can cast. So, like what I'm trying to talk about is the foamer of fish out there in the ocean. The school of fish that's up on the surface eating bait, and it happens everywhere. It happens in Africa. It happens in California. It happens in Florida. It happens in Texas. When you approach those fish, and you have, you pretty much know how to cast now. You practiced on your, in your backyard. You practiced on the pier. You practiced on the beach. You practiced on your boat. Now you're offshore and it's time to figure out, I got this. Now, can I accurately cast in front of the breaking fish? What do I mean by that? Is if you pay attention to which way the fish are, all the fish in the ocean are swimming in a direction. They could be chasing that bait fish and foaming in the water, but they're chasing that bait fish in a direction. That bait, that school of sardines, anchovies, mackerel, ballyhoo, uh, blue runners, whatever it is that that fish is feeding on at the time, that fish is trying to get away from the fish that are eating them. They're moving in a direction. The bait ball is moving in a direction. The fish are chasing it in a direction. 
you're going to cast in a direction. You want to cast always in front of the fish. I was talking to a gentleman. Oh, I was talking to Elliot. If you cast behind the fish, there's no fish on the planet Earth that eats with their butt. They're just not. So you don't want to cast behind them. Second of all, if you cast behind them, when that bait, lure, popper, whatever it is, hits the water behind them, it's going to slap on the water just like that. If it hits behind them, they're scared. They're going to swim away from it as fast as they can because I don't care if they weigh a 1,000 pounds or if they weigh an ounce. They're fish and they're dumber than hell. And you guys overthink this fishing thing way too much and you give these fish way too much credit and you spend way too much time worrying about the fish. The fish are stupid. Fish are dumber. The smartest fish in the ocean is dumber than the smartest mouse. That's where you guys, that's where the disconnect comes from. You guys put way too much effort into thinking, I got to outsmart the fish. Gang, it's not that hard. To be smarter than the fish. Don't cast at their ass. Don't cast at their butt. Don't cast at their butt. Well, how do I do that? Well, look at them. Look at which way they're headed. They're headed in a direction. They always are. If they're in a circle, going around in a circle, they're going in a circle. You want to throw it in front of them. If they're going to the west, you want to throw it in front of them. They're going to the east. You want to throw it in front of them. If they're going south, north, whatever, you want to throw your cast in front of them. You got to start to slow everything down. Here's what I see a lot of problems, especially in Southern California, this foamer fishing. There's 10 boats driving full speed behind the fish. They're all, they, don't, they, just, they didn't slow down. They didn't take their time to figure out which way the fish were moving. They're driving like a crazy maniac right up the fish's butt. And the fish get spooked and they go down. It happens every single time. You have to calm down. You have to bring down your adrenaline level. You have to slow it down and you have to look and you have to pay attention and you have to see which way that fish is headed. Now you want to maneuver your boat out in front of them. Do not approach them from behind. Same with the cast. Don't cast behind them. But also on your boat, don't approach them from behind. Because they're going to get spooked. They're spooked. They're already spooked. They think something's trying to eat them. They don't know you're a boat. They just know your noise. You're behind them. That's not good. Nothing ever good happens behind the fish. You want to get in front of them? They're feeding on bait. Are they all swimming in one direction? Get out in front of them. Throw your lure, throw your bait, throw your popper, whatever it is, in front of them. You're going to get a bite. Tim asked, what's the secret to fixing a bad backlash? Slow down. Slow down, sit down, put your glasses on, and look down into the reel. A lot of times you want to back the spool up a little bit and look. There's going to be one piece of line that the other line is hung up underneath. You're going to want to try to slowly pick at it, very slowly, and pick at it and pick at it. All of a sudden it'll come loose and you go, and then 
you give it a couple more feet and another piece of line stuck underneath there. I learned this from doing it a zillion times, crying like a baby. But back to what we were talking about. So now you've slowed down and you're kind of, your adrenaline's kind of slowing down a little bit. There's a bunch of fish, they're jumping out of the water and you're excited. But now you've figured out which way they're swimming. You've maneuvered your boat out in front of them. This is the school of fish coming like this. They're moving across the screen like this. I'm going to drive my boat over here and park. And then I'm going to cast in front of them because they're going to swim right to my boat. If I, But if I come from behind over here and they're moving this way and I'm coming up behind them, they keep moving. All of a sudden, they're all going to go underwater because my boat goes right over the top. And they're scared to death. So you don't want to approach them from behind and you sure the heck do not want to cast behind them. Gang, real quick. It's Promar Ahi USA Tuesday. I want you to see something real quick and we'll get right back into this casting thing. But I want you to see this. Go. Remember, we're giving away a big bag of swag. All you got to do is enter through that QR code. And on September 1st, just by visiting the store at promarahi.com, just visit the store. That's going to enter you into the contest to win the big bag of swag. But gang, we got a bunch of swordfish out here right now. Promar has these phenomenal LED lights. They got the blue flasher and they got the red flasher. They also have a green one. I have the blue one and the red one with me today. These are a must have on your line when you're deep dropping for swordfish. If you go and you look at Mike Maddox and Nate talking about deep dropping for swordfish, there's always a light on there blinking because it's going to get the attention of the swordfish when he's down there a thousand feet deep. It's going to get him to turn and swim over and look. These lights are made by Promar. These lights are available on the website. These lights are a must-have if you're going to go, and they're activated by the water. So as soon as they come out of the water and get dry, they stop flashing. As soon as they get wet or you take your wet fingers and you touch the bottom of this, It'll come on. You'll know that it's working or you can drop it in your bait tank. These are a spectacular light. Very, very bright LED. They work flawless. And you'd want to have them if you're going to go deep drop swordfish fishing. There's a million kinds of lights. Some of them are giant. Some of them you have to put the batteries in. These are flawless. These things work as good as the big giant lights. These things work phenomenal. They're going to be epic. They're going to work for, I don't know, they, it says 100 hours. Let's just say we got 50 hours. How long is it going to take you to fish for 50 hours? You're not going to go out there and do it 10 hours a day, five days in a row. You're going to do it for three or four hours and then three or four hours. And These lights are going to last a very long time. Also, while you're on the website, look at all the other products that Promar has. There's so many things that you use on a daily basis that you had no idea that Promar Ahi makes. When you're in there through the QR code, or those of you that are driving around in your truck or your cars listening to the podcast, go to Promar Ahi USA or PromarAhi.com. PromarAhi.com. And when you enter the website, when you're checking out, you put in the code YSWG and you're going to save 10%. But if you enter through the QR code, no purchase necessary, that's going to enter you into the contest to win the free bag of swag. And we give away a free bag of swag at the end of every month. On September 1st, Kelly Girl will pick 
one lucky person to win the free bag of swag. Grab that QR code, gang. It's free. It's not going to hurt you. Grab it with your phone. Grab it after the show. Those of you driving around, make sure you put in the code YSWG. When you're in there, you're going to buy stuff on there anyway. They have bait scoops, gaffs, nets, landing nets. Those of you in Florida and those of you in Texas, throw nets. We can't use them out here on the West Coast. It's against the law. I know it's hard to believe. You can steal up to $900 worth of stuff at Walmart, but you can't go throw a net in the water and catch your own bait. Isn't that a crazy state? Aha, uh-huh. it's very crazy. But it is what it is. There's nothing you or I can do about it. So don't forget, check out these LED lights. You're going to need them. It's swordfish season right now. You want to go get a deep drop swordfish. We're going to start talking about it more and more on the game plans each week. But go to Promar and check out the LED lights. Get yourself a handful of these things. And they can't be bad. They're going to help you out tremendously. Grab that QR code, gang. I'm going to pull it down right now. We're going to complete the Keep on going with this casting. All right. So we're out in front of that school of fish. That's the school of fish. This is our boat over here. Fish are swimming into our boat. We throw our bait, our jig, our lure, whatever it is out in front. And we're going to try to wind it across the school. But like Darren was saying, how do we be accurate? How do I know I can throw it in front of the school or off the side of the school, or dead center into the middle of the school. It's which way the tip of your rod is pointed when you complete your cast. I can watch videos, and Elliot and I said we were going to start picking videos apart here one day and uh, start to explain to you why they're successful, why they're not successful, start to do that on our YouTube channel. Now that we've built up our audience, we can start doing that over there, but the other Platforms only want us to put out shorts because that seems to be what drives the algorithm. But when you, you'll see 90% of the people, if you watch, they end the cast with the tip of their rod pointed up at the sky. You can't have accuracy with that. If you watch the people that are consistently hooking up, when they finish their cast, the tip of their rod is pointed exactly where they want that bait or that lure to go. That's how you can be accurate. But it's also about practice. We can't talk about practice enough and how important it is to practice, practice, practice. Michael Jordan, one of the greatest basketball players of all time, he he practiced his craft every single day. Why are you guys not practicing this casting thing? If you have it, if you've already got it wired and you're doing a great job, then you don't need to practice anymore. But if you want to be successful, and yes, nut flush, Alan, yeah, those pro professional bass fishermen, they can hit that, they can hit that spot right on that branch every single cast. They can hit that branch on the left side three times. They can hit it on the right side three times. They know that if there was a fish on that branch, they would have caught him. Same thing if you go and you watch my videos of fishing the mangroves. We're picking off little pockets and we're throwing our bait in that pocket over and over and over again. And if the fish are in that pocket, I can hit it 50 times in a row. If not, then I'm going to move my bait to another pocket. I'm going to throw it. These are things that are going to change what you catch from today forward, but you can't 
I own a boat. That doesn't mean you know how to cast. I own a big box of lures. That doesn't mean you know how to cast. You would not believe how many people came on the boat when I was captain. Half day, three quarter day, all day, overnight, long range, yacht, guide service, and told me, oh, I know how to cast. And we get out there and they can't cast. I've heard it a zillion times and they go, oh, my reel today, my line today, my da 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 There's a million excuses for why you can't do it, but there's only one real one. It's because you don't practice. You don't practice. You're Those of you that have a boat in the water, you need to stand on the back of that boat in the water after work or in the afternoons or when you're not going out at night or whatever. Tie something on there, rubbery, not a piece with the lead on it. No lead. Stand on the back of your boat and start practicing casting across the, the channel to the other boats in the channel or to the buoy or to your guests or to the whatever's laying in the water. Start casting and practice and practice and practice and practice. And when you think you practiced enough, practice some more, gang. Let me tell you something. It's going to change your success. I'll tell you right now. Professional bass fishermen will tell you. If they can't cast, they can't professionally bass fish. It's impossible. Those of you that are going out here on the weekends on your boat and you're not having any success, it's because you didn't practice. I know that's how, this is something I know about I talk to people all the time. They go, oh, I only like to fish for those yellowtail and dorado when they're on the kelp patties. Yeah, you know why? Because there's no talent at all involved. That's why so many of you look so fantastic last year. Why those, and I call them dumb because they are dumb. Dumbest fish. There's only one other fish that's dumber, and that's an albacore. But the dorado are really dumb. You just take some line, you take a bait, you hook it on, you take five feet of line, peel it out of your reel, drop your line bait in the water, and the bait swims away from the side of the boat, Dorado eats it, and you catch a fish. If you can learn how to cast to the other side of the kelp patty, or when you're watching that big bull Dorado swim around, but all you're catching is the little hens because you don't know how to cast your bait out away or you don't know how to accurately cast your bait in front of that big Dorado. If you can learn how to do that, gang, you will catch that big Dorado every time you go out there. Yeah, you will. Because you learn the accuracy of casting. If you don't, if you don't consistently hit the corner of the dock when you're standing on the back of your boat, if you can't cast in the corner of the dock, and hit that water in front of it 10 times in a row, then you need to do it again, and you need to do it again, and you need to do it again until you can hit it 10 times in a row. Then you've got that part of the accuracy of casting down. But you got to hit your target not seven times in a row and then screw it up three times. 10 times in a row, then you've mastered it, and you can move on to the next thing. But casting is so damn important. I cannot emphasize it enough. 
distance and accuracy are two super big things. Now, when you're out fishing, let's just say you got on the San Diego, down in San Diego, the they have a great video, the jig chuckers ball, where they're out there fishing that yo-yo iron or surface iron yellowtail fishing. A lot of times that's going to be distance where you can cast a long ways, get your surface iron to hit the water when it's open water yellowtail and you can have that surface iron kick back and forth for a long ways and you can get a reaction bite. But then again, a lot of times that yellowtail or I like to surface iron fish for big calico bass, they're on structure. So you have to be able to cast your lure to the edge of that structure and then wind your lure back to the boat. And you're only going to get bit in that first three or four feet when you're fishing that structure. So it's super important to pinpoint your cast to that edge of that structure and that lure comes through there, squat, kicking back and forth. That big yellow or that big calico comes out of that structure and eats it. That's about consistently casting to the spot. Also, you don't you want to be careful that you do not snag that thing. And that would be done because you weren't accurately casting to it. Then you overcast it or you undercast it. Now you snagged it. Now you hooked it. So it's super important to learn. First of all, forget about accuracy. Learn how to cast. Once you've learned how to cast, to where you complete your cast and every time the tip of your rod is pointed at the water. Your follow through is so important. Less like in golf. The golf pros will tell you, you didn't follow through. You hit the ball and you stopped. You've got to follow through with your swing. You've got to follow through with your cast. You see the good jig throwers on the sport boats? They're all following through on their cast. Watch any of the videos. They follow through 99.9% of the time. That tip is pointed straight down into the water when they complete their cast. That's which way you want it to be anyway because when you complete your cast, you're not going to hold your tip up in the air and whine so that the lure is slapping out of the water. You're going to hold your tip down so that that lure's got more time in the water to spend kicking as it's wind, as you're winding it. But... Learn how to cast distance first. Pick the backlash out. If you're using a spinning rod, it's the same thing, except you don't have to deal with getting the backlash out. But good good lure throwers on conventional reels will outcast a spinning rod chucker any day of the week. We always have. We always will. And it's okay. It's, it doesn't mean you guys aren't good at fishing. Those of you that are good with the spinning rod, you're good. That's great. But we can still outcast you with our conventional reels. We just can't. It's just, it's just the way it is. Our bearings, you're just, the line's flowing off your reel. The further out the cast goes, the harder it is for the line to flow off your reel. You can't win that argument. You can argue with me all you want. Please leave a million comments to explain to me how it works, but it doesn't. If you think about it, your spinning reel... Cast the best when it's full of line. As the line starts to come off your reel and it starts to get down on your spool, there is going to be 
friction caused by the line spinning off the spool. We don't have that problem with the conventional reel because it's all about the spool and the bearings, and it has nothing to do with the line. So the spool and the bearings are what allows the conventional rod and reel caster to cast way farther than the spinning rod and reel caster. It's just physics. It's just the way it is. I know your sister's brother's aunt's cousin can cast way farther than Captain Dave can with, with their spinning rod and reel. Come to a... Come to a casting contest in Southern California and go up against some of the good casters. Go up against Pete Grosbeck. Go up against Billy Mia Gower. Go up against, I don't know, Brandon Hayward. Some of the really good jig casters, and I'll guarantee you, you spinning rodders cannot outcast them. You never can. So that's the reason why we've learned how to fish with the conventional reel in Southern California. It casts farther. And we are doing a ton of casting when we're fishing. An average trip, when I was guiding with four guys on the boat, I'd probably make 12 to 1,500 casts a day. With four different rod and reels that I've never touched before in my life. They don't belong to me. They belong to my clients. But first thing you do when you grab a conventional reel is you look at the spool. And if the line is not on the spool level... You need to strip the line off into the water until you get to where it's level. Then you need to grab index finger and thumb, pressing them together, and wind that line back onto the reel tight and level. If it's not on there tight, when you go to cast, it's going to backlash. And if it's not on there level, when you go to cast, it's going to backlash. Those two things are super important. If you're at a casting contest and you watch somebody walk up, they normally are at a casting contest. They have one rod you have to use. When you walk up and it's your turn, first thing you do is you look at the spool and you see, oh, the guy wound all the line up in a ball on the left side or the right side or in the middle. We got to take that reel. We got to take a few seconds. We got to strip the line off onto the ground. We got to grind it back on nice and level. And then we're ready to do our cast to try to hit that target out there. But the setup is super important. And I, I know nobody would have ever thought I could talk about this for an hour, but it, I can talk about this for 10 days. The setup is probably more important than actually knowing how to cast. Because if you know how to cast, you know how to cast. But if you grab that reel and the line is not on there proper, then it is going to backlash. I don't care who you are or how good of a caster you think you are. If the reel has the line on there loosely, it's not going to cast proper. And if the line is wadded up in the ball, it's not going to cast good. So here's what you want to do. You want to make sure that you strip it off, wind it back on. But now here's where it gets really scary. You're in a wide open foamer fish jumping everywhere and you cast out you wind in you got so excited you go back to cast again stop look at your spool did you booger it winding it on you probably did especially if you're excited and your adrenaline's flowing at a high rate 
you probably wound that line up in a ball on the left or the right. You weren't guiding it the whole time because you weren't focused on the reel. Guys that do it every single day for a living, we cannot not wind it on straight. We don't know how. But those of you that are just fishing a little bit once or twice a month or whatever, because that's what most of us get to do is fish once or twice a month because we got that job thing going on. So we don't get to get out there every day. Your adrenaline's going to be flying so high when the fish are biting and the guy hooked up to you on your left, guy hooks up to you on your right, and you can see the fish jumping everywhere. And you're trying to wind in your lure as fast as you can to go cast again because you didn't get bit. That's where the bad things happen. That's where the backlash happens. And you're a great caster, but you did not wind the line on straight or you did not wind it on tight. Straight and tight are going to mess you up every single time. So you want to take the time. You want to take the deep breath. You want to look down at your spool and you want to make sure. And I know it's hard sometimes when, when everything is going a hundred, sorry. Everything is going at a hundred miles an hour. You're so excited, but gang, you just got to make that tiny bit of effort to make sure the line is wound on level, that the wind is lined on straight. It's, it's, it's killer. You have to make sure that everything is set in your favor so you can be successful when you go fishing. Now, another thing to think about, we've talked about the reel a hundred times. Now the rod is going to come into play. The fishing pole itself is going to dictate how well the reel cast. Little short rods aren't going to cast that. They just, they're not going to be able to cast that lure proper. I use nine foot rods. I have no rods in my house under eight and a half feet long. I'm, I'm looking over here. I got, I don't, I don't think I can get these rods on the screen, but my long rods are the key. They're the, they're the funnest to fish with, but they're the key to casting too because of the length of them. It's going to allow you to get that pendulum effect when you go to cast and bring your hands across each other to cast. You can see it on my casting videos on the website, your saltwater guide. But the whole pendulum effect with the long rod, when you watch... And you go to YouTube and you watch the Jig Chuckers ball and you look at all 20 of those guys on the San Diego that are fishing. There is no one fishing with a short rod. It's just not the way to fish lures. It's not the way to fish the iron. It's not the way to fish casting baits. It's all about the long rod. It's going to change the distance you get on the casting. It's going to change your ability to be pinpoint accurate the longer the rod. You look at the pro bass fishing guys. Those guys are fishing those seven and eight foot rods in the, in the bush and in the, because it gives them accuracy. The little short rods, they give you no accuracy. They give you no accuracy. They give you no distance to cast. They, back in the old days, we used to use a little short rod blue tuna fishing. We called it a broomstick. 
but we never would do that again. We would never do that again. We're not doing that anymore. Those people that know, they know. It's all about the rod. It's going to help you to cast tremendously. Look at your um, fishing poles that you have in your closet or in your garage and look at them. Go look at how long they are. If they're six foot or less, they're no good for casting. They're not. I wouldn't even try seven foot. Mine are, like I said, eight and a half to nine foot long. That's what all my rods are. I have a couple of 10 foot jig sticks in San Diego in my locker. Because they make it easier to cast longer distance. Also, your reel has to match the size of your rod. If you got a big wide reel, and you have a little short rod, it's not going to work. It's just not going to work. The, the casting ability is not going to, it's not going to translate. So like we say all the time on our podcast and on our game plans and on our, on our uh, how-to videos, every single thing matters. You have to understand that if you want to be consistently catching fish when you go fishing, you've got to understand that everything matters. And if you go about it halfway in any part of it, the casting, the anchoring, the chumming, the drifting, the game plan, the looking, the, the time on water spent, looking for anything that's not water. Every single thing matters. And if you have your rods on your boat, ready to go with the, your favorite lure on it, surface iron or whatever, you better make sure that on the way out, you let the line out behind the boat on every one of your reels and wind it back in nice and tight. Then hook on your favorite lure. Let the line out when you're leaving the harbor on your favorite or excuse me, on all the reels, everybody's, yours, your cousins, your nephews, your kids, let all the line out, wind it all back on nice and tight and nice and even so that every rod's ready to go when you find that. Because you may only find one school of fish today when you're out there. You may have one chance when you find them. So why do you want to not have every rod on the boat ready? The way we approached it when I was running the Wild and Sack, we had 30 rods on the boat. Before we ever started fishing, all 30 of those rods, all 30 of those bait rods were rigged up. They were all perfect. All the drags were set perfect. All the line was wound on perfectly straight. All the hooks were tied on. Everything was ready to go. So when I found that school of fish, we were ready to put as many of them as we could in that white bag because those fish are out there in the ocean hoping that when you show up, you're going to allow them to get in your boat and get in that white bag and go home with you and have dinner with you. That's what they're hoping for when they see your boat arrive on scene. The last thing they want to do is swim around the boat while you're trying to straighten out your line or tie on your hooks or tie on your lures. Gang, you're blowing it. If you're going to go out fishing, 
you want to make sure everything's ready to go. Everything's ready to go. You do not want to go about it halfway. You do not want to get your rods ready when you get to wherever you're going to fish. You do not want to get your drag set when you get to wherever you want to fish. You want to get it ready on the way out. Normally, you're going to have an hour, two hours, three hours before you get to where the fish are. That is prep time. There's no down time. There's no down time. If you got on the boat and all your plan was is to sleep all day, then you're not really that into fishing. You get on the boat, you look at all the rods and reels, and you ask the bot captain or one of the guys, hey, can you want me to straighten out these lines, get them all ready for when we find the fish? If they say no, well, then that's the worst boat. You, you shouldn't have gone with your friend because he doesn't have a clue. He's probably just in the corner eating his boogers anyway. You want everything ready. You don't want to blow it, especially this time of year with the Dorado and the Yellowtail and the Bluefin and the Yellowfin and everything offshore. Sometimes you only have one opportunity. Don't pull up and... Don't pull up and not be ready for that big opportunity when it happens. Make sure you're ready, gang. Make sure you're ready. Cast, cast, cast. Practice, practice, practice. Practice in your backyard. Practice on the back of your boat. Practice somewhere. I taught Kelly how to do it on an old bridge down by our old house in, Laguna, in uh, Tribuco Canyon. We used to go out there behind the house, practice off of an old bridge. It worked flawless. Because she didn't want to not be able to cast because she knew so many people were going to be watching her when she goes fishing that she wanted to make sure she learned the proper way to cast. I want you all. That's why I built your saltwater guide, the website. If you haven't been on our website yet, if you're thinking, gosh, I want to, I, this guy talks about fishing all the time. I want to I want to be able to fish. I want to be able to catch fish. If you want to be consistently catching fish every time you go fishing, whether you're on a sport boat or on your own private boat, check out my website, yoursaltwaterguide.com, gang. I built it for you guys. I built it for all of you. It only is going to help you catch more fish when you go fishing. I don't care if you're an expert or if you're a beginner. There's stuff on there for all of you. Those of us that are experts, we need a plan. We need to know where to go. We don't want to just jump on AIS and go where all the other boats are. How stupid is that? Why do you want to fish where all the other boats are? And I heard, I hear this all the time from guys that think they know what's going on out there. Oh, I just go on AIS. That's so stupid. That is so dumb. Why do you want to fish where all the boats are? Don't you want to fish where the fish are? How cool would that be? to get to go fishing where the fish are. And then when you get there, actually catch fish. Darren, is it cool to go fishing where the fish are? Or would you rather be out there fishing for boats? Jack, would you rather be fishing for fish or boats? Tim, how cool is it to go to a spot where no boats are and catch fish every day like you did yesterday? It's the best. Gang. There's a million ways to try to figure out where to go. But guys, I got a network that you can't even comprehend. I got 4,000 plus members that are sharing what they're doing every day on the water. Somebody's fishing somewhere in our network of people in our community, and they're sharing what they're doing 
Also, I can pick up the phone and I can call captains that are legends in the industry. Not these, not these little zit face guys that just started fishing for bluefin the last five or six years. I can talk to real captains that have been doing it for a living for a very long time and find out what they're doing out on the water. If you don't believe me, just look at our guest list that we've had of, of people on the podcast. They're not coming on the podcast because they don't like me. They're not coming on the podcast because they don't talk to me. They're coming on the podcast because they're my friends and they're sharing their information with me on a daily basis. We put together some of the best game plans you could possibly have to go fishing in Southern California. We're constantly adding more videos. Right now we have, I think, 580 or something videos on the website, counting the podcasts, the game plans, the hot spots, and all the other cool stuff. One thing I can promise you, though, is if you're going to go to the website and you're going to grab the information that's over there and you're going to go out there and you're going to execute, you got to go and execute the way I fish. I can't tell you how to go fish the spots I tell you to go fish, the game plans I tell you to go fish the way you fish because I've never seen you fish, nor do I want to know how you fish. I'm telling you how I do it. it. The way I've done it works flawless for the last 48 years for a pretty good, pretty good clip. We've been able to catch a couple of fish over my lifetime. So done very, very well. So check it all out. Make sure that you're practicing all the time. When you're not practicing check your line check your drag gang don't get out there and not have your drag set it is so sad when i see guys cast a bait out and the fish eats it and the line goes snap and breaks right away and they're all oh shoot i should have backed my drag you should be ready when you go fishing to catch fish what do you think if let's just pretend like you followed my plan and you went out there and you found the fish and you throw your bait in the water and you don't get a bite. No, you're expecting to get a bite the minute your line hits the water. You're expect. Hey, how are you today? You're expecting to get a bite the minute your line hits the water because that's what Captain Dave does every day on his videos. That's what he shows you. Have your drag set. Damn it. Now, your drag is set. You grab the line, you pull on it. The line doesn't come out easy. It doesn't come out hard. It comes out kind of taut, but it still comes out. You hook a fish and he starts to take your line. We're going to just talk for a few more minutes. This, yay, Chris. What's happening, buddy? Good to see you. Hey, those videos that you and I made are coming out this week. I know you've been watching. You've been seeing it. Chris was nice enough to bring me down the uh, Shovel Nose Shark. Balboa Fish Group. You got to check him out. He's super cool. We're going to have him on the podcast. What he's doing is he's down there fishing in the bays and the harbors and on the beaches. And he's actually giving back to the community of fishing like no one's ever done before. It's a pretty cool thing. Check him out. Balboa Fish Group. He's got a great thing going. You want to check Chris out. He's a really good human. He's got a good thing going. We're going to be having him on all those videos I put up every day. We got like seven of them, Chris, you and me, chit-chatting, filleting that shovel-nosed shark. It's, you're going to like them. They're going to come out really good. But what I'm trying to tell you is don't get out there and not have your drag set. But when you do have your drag set and you set the hook and the fish starts to take all your line, do you want him to stop taking your line? 
Yeah. Bend the rod. A lot of booger eaters go, oh, that's high sticking. Oh, eat a booger. Bend the rod, gang. You bend the rod. There's many times where I have the reel right here in my chest. and The rod is bent so far over and he's still taking line. I start to bend my back backwards. Reel is right here. I'm holding it right here. The line's still coming off, but the rod's bent so much. Now you've put all the pressure. That fish has to stop swimming. He can't swim anymore. It's about bending the rod. We'll get into that. I have that in my uh, video series. Go ahead, leave the comment and tell me that doesn't work. I think it's so funny when you do. Go ahead and leave the comment. It's okay. You can show us what you don't know. But I'll tell you what, if you learn how to bend the rod, you'll stop the fish every time. Here's what most of you do, though. When the fish starts to take your line, you put your thumb on the spool, break the line off. He stopped taking it right away. Yeah, he did. Now you just tie on another hook and start over again. Gang, your spool of line is filled to the rim. If he takes all of it, that's a great story, for God's sakes. I got spooled today. What an awesome story. Instead of, God, I ate my boogers and I put my thumb on the spool and I broke off 50 hooks today. What a dumb story that is. Nobody wants, nobody wants to hear that story. <coughs> Bend the rod. Sorry about that. <coughs> Bend the rod. If you want to stop the fish, <clears throat> bend the rod. <clears throat> right. It's designed to bend. The rod is designed to bend, but you got to bend it. If you watch, go on YouTube and watch videos of people fishing. Very, very, very few people will bend the rod. You know why? Because it's hard. It's so hard. It's hard to bend the rod. It's so hard. It's hard. It's so hard. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's why it's hard. Because it's hard. Quit being a baby. Bend the rod. Bend it. The more you bend it, the harder it's going to be for that fish to pull the line off your reel. Yep, it is. It's not going to break the line. But it's going to break that fish's <clears throat> will to pull the line off your reel. Bend the rod. Set your drag. <clears throat> practice, practice, practice casting. <clears throat> Please practice <clears throat> as much as you possibly can. You got to practice. You got to practice. You got to practice. Practice, practice. All right. Gang, thank you very much. I hope you enjoyed the show today. It's all about casting. Share it with a friend. <coughs> hit the like button, please. Subscribe to YouTube. Hit the like button. Hit the like button on TikTok. Hit the like button on Facebook. <coughs> Darn, that went down the wrong pipe. Yep, I'm a human being. I'm not a robot like... We won't say it. We don't want to get banned. All right, bye. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV.